So, why don't you just, we'll just get this over with quick. I have, a, I just have a clip, and I, I'm going retro, I'm going back to 1999. And so this, this is just a clip to give us an idea. We're going to talk about divine intelligence tonight, and we'll just begin a, a, a series, I don't know how long it'll go, but I want you, we have to open our eyes to some things. And so when we do that, the Holy Spirit will give us complete understanding and we have to ask the Holy Spirit for help because you can't understand the things of this earth in your own understanding, right? You, you have to ask for divine intelligence, divine things to come to you so that you, inc you understand and you know things. Do you want to know? There you go. You can what know what it is. You know what you don't have it on the screen. You know who that is. Come on. Name that tune. Yeah, back it up, Mike. It's not, it's not me. That was me, yeah, ten years ago, man. If I made the movie, I would have had a lot of money. I probably wouldn't be here. What it is. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room, you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. <sighs> Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Offering is the truth, nothing more. Follow me. Just kind of wake you up. Some people don't like comparing the Matrix to the kingdom, but I, I think there's some parallels we can make. And really, how far do we want to go down the rabbit hole? And I think that's the choice that every one of us has to make, right? How far do I want to go in God? And how much am I going to believe of what that word says that I can step into the fullness of it? And so in some sense, what he's spoken is true. Morpheus says, 
The wool's been pulled over our eyes. Sin and carnal thinking just covers us so that we don't realize certain things are taking place. What's happening in the atmosphere right now? In the unseen realm. Come on, by faith, here it is. By faith, Enoch was taken away so he didn't see death. And he wasn't found because he had, God had taken him, and he was taken, and he had a testimony that he pleased God. There was a, a message that Danny brought a couple years ago, and it was about walking with Enoch, and about how he just kept walking and walking on this journey. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that you can walk in those places, Mr. Anderson. Come on, you can walk in those places. What's behind the curtain? And the only thing that holds us outside of those things is basically our minds. Part of believing. It's part of understanding. And, and we're learning a new ministry. See, I don't, I don't like to... When I look at ministry now, I think I have a different understanding. It's a heavenly ministry. It's not about a profession, right? You all have been given a mandate, and that's to walk in the heavenly courts. We talked about the heavenly courts for the last three weeks or so, and we've had some speakers mixed in the midst. But I believe this, that God is bringing us into a place where we stand with those. If you want to go there. Come on, you want to take the blue pill or the red pill? You know, how do you want to wake up tomorrow? And I really feel like there's something that God wants to do to us tonight that is going to release some things and it's going to open up some things if we can believe for that. And I know we believe in prophetic ministry, but there's a whole other realm that God wants to bring us about living in the spirit and living outside of our carnal minds and trying to think about things and reason because reason will never get us anything in the kingdom. Come on, you and I both need divine intelligence. If I don't have a mind from heaven, then I'm going to miss things. So there's a transition. Say transition. And <laughs> we're always in transition. Say it. That's a big word in the church. We're in transition. We're always in transition. Well, what's transition? We're going from one place to another. And we will look different from this place to that place. Right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to really grab hold of transition and move with it. And change our thinking. Change our minds. Move into a place where we, we know that the Holy Spirit is living deep, deep inside of us and moving us. Listen, you function out of a place and it's not this earth that's out of Zion. Come on, that's in the movie. And God has mystical and ancient pathways that he wants us to go to. You know, there was... There was a whole realm of, of, of the desert fathers that walked in the supernatural. And I, I'm telling you, I'm going to go out there tonight, and I'm not going to apologize for it, because I think we can do things in a way that we haven't before, because the Lord desires that we do that. And we sit here in New England and think we're real smart. Come on, somebody. We think we're real smart, but we have no intelligence of divine things and of no supernatural understanding. And I believe that the Lord is wanting us to understand some things so that we can walk in realms that we've never walked in before. 
And I may be way out there, but that's okay, because I'm going, right? So there's a system of government, and God doesn't want us to, he wants us to walk in this government. It's the government of God. It's not the government of this world. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about divine government that's being unleashed on the earth. That's called the apostolic and the prophetic government, that God builds the foundation of everything that the kingdom's built on. I loved what J.C. said last week. He talked about the, the, the strength as being low. The foundation, the cornerstone. He didn't even know, you know, I got my business's name, Cornerstone Masonry. He's flipping that word out. He doesn't even know anything. Unless he was on my webpage or something, but he might have find, found that out. But I'm saying this, that God, Jesus, is the chief cornerstone. He's the one that we build everything on. He is the apostle of apostles, and he's the prophet of prophets, and he's the king of kings. So there's a kingly earth, there's a kingly government that's being released, and it's re being released from heaven. And it doesn't go by human courts. It doesn't go by any other court that we know of, but it goes by the divine courts of heaven. And God himself is the judge of that. And so who do I want favor with, God or man? <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a tricky question because, you know, Jesus had favor with God and man, right? And so this is what God's looking. Jesus is looking for a place where he can lay his head. He's looking for a resting place. And can he rest in your lap? <laughs> I tell you, so many things that J.C. said last week really resonated and burst things in my spirit and then I went and listened to the prophetic words that Callie separated and worked hard to get us to get me to and I listened to him three other times and I'm like so much in there and everything is a confirmation of what God has already been building here and even the words about pruning I'm hoping that pruning was something that he <laughs> that he already did that's what I said that's what I said I'm hoping that's something he already did and We'll always go through pruning. Come on. Everyone loves the pruning shears. Raise your hands if you do. Ah, you're lying. I know. I know. But, but really, the Lord is wanting to do that. You know, you can't have expedient growth without pruning. You know, he can't, if he can't come in and prune. But I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. And so God is wanting us to redeem the time. Right? That means taking the power of another, taking power, the power of time and using it to our advantage. Okay? I know, don't worry, you're going to be confused when you leave here. But if you're walking by the Spirit, God will begin to reveal and open some things. Thank you for that in the back room. There's Holy Spirit things that's happening that we don't even understand and know, and he wants to release them on you so that we can take time, and time's condensed. Listen, time is your friend. Do you believe me? Come on, you got older today. All right, Isaiah 55, 51 and verse, verse 16, ready? It says this, I put my words in your mouth, and I've covered you with the shadow of my hand. And listen, this is, what, this is the thing. He has given you words, and he's given you words and declarations to release upon the, upon the earth. Right? And you're, you're the voice of the government of God if you choose to be that. To your friends, to your family, to the governments. Listen, <laughs> this week was amazing. I'm, I'm in the truck and I get in the truck and I start, I, start I'm, I get in the truck and I say, hey God, I just like that in my truck by myself. I said, I've got some things I'm asking you and you're going to have to produce them 
because I'm not going to work at them. Can I tell you, within four hours, there was response. What do we, we, do we believe what we say we believe? Do you believe that your, or your words have power to change and move things? Because until recently, I felt like, wow, God, are you hearing what I'm saying? But now maybe I just need to talk it out loud to him. Because I say things in my heart, but I don't declare them with my mouth. Right? And so this says, I've put my words in your mouth. Well, if they don't come out of your mouth, how do they create anything? Right? And God's wanting your life, your, your voice, to create and move things in heaven. He wants your voice and your, your motion and your movement and your intentional lifestyle to change and move things so that governments change. Come on. So that this earth looks like heaven because that's our whole thing. We're trying to bring heaven here, yet we won't declare the things of the kingdom and we won't, we won't declare them that they'd be manifest on the earth. Right? He says, I've covered you with the shadow of my hand. And he's coming to have a close, close relationship with us. He's coming to bring us into this place where we are covered. Come on, the tree of life, the shade of the tree of life will be over us, that will be living in the bountiful, in the cool of the day with the Lord. Really? That what? It says this in verse 16, same thing, that I may plant the heavens. Plant the heavens where? And lay the foundations on the earth. And he wants to lay foundations on the earth. And he's looking for the ecclesia to do, to lay, to bring heaven's foundations on the earth. So that, listen, you can't build anything unless you declare it until you bring the kingdom and put the foundations. Listen, I know this from being what I do. I can only build things, and if it frosts, and if the cold things, and if, if things begin to move underneath, if it's not built with proper foundation, there'll be movement. And every, come on, the walls come tumbling down. And Miles will have to put them up for free, and that's not a good thing. Right? So that I may plant the heavens. He wants to plant heaven on what? The foundation of the earth. Do you believe that, or do you believe some other theology? I'm just telling you that he wants to bring heaven to earth that he wants to declare the goodness of God on the earth, that the glory of the Lord is going to begin to just overtake the earth in such a way that we've never understood and God will bring us into this place of good heavenly understanding if we just ask him, right? Foundations are what? And he says this, and say to Zion, you are my people, but foundations are what? They're the counsel of God on the earth. And I just want to talk to you about one subject tonight, and we'll just, we'll, we'll, I'll leave it at that. But it's the subject of the sowed of God. It's, it's, it's a word that's used all throughout Scripture, and it means a whole bunch of different things. But I'm telling you, it's key to understanding and knowing what God is wanting to do with us. And so count the sowed, it's, it, it's that word that, that says that he covered you with the shadow it's the council. It's the fellowship. It's S-O-D-E, if you look it up. It's the friendship. It's the gathering. It's the intimate. It's intimacy. It means plans. It means secret councils. Listen, guys, there's something in the soul of God 
the sowed of God. I'm going to hammer this thing tonight because he wants to be laying the counsels of God on the foundations of the earth, and without counsel, we can't lay a foundation. Are you hearing me? What does that mean? What did I just say? I spoke all those things, and I'm telling you right now that without friendship, Jesus is looking at a place where he'll lay his feet, and he wants to lay his feet right on your lap. He wants to lay it right on your heart, right on your chest. He wants you in a place, position to receive him as friend, as counselor. And it's a gathering. It's a council. Listen, I'm telling you, prepare. Listen to me, prepare. And the only way to prepare is to set yourself apart. The only way to do that, and again, it's not in striving, it's not in anything. But I'm telling you that God has plans. He has blueprints. I, again, what was spoken last week, that he wants to bring building. He wants to bring blueprints. And if the blueprint comes from heaven, if the plan of your life comes from heaven, you want that plan. But you can't get that plan unless you go to the secret place, unless you go to the place where he tells secrets. And I'm telling you, God is calling the church into this place. He's calling every individual into this place, this place of secrecy, this place of hiddenness. Listen, you are hidden in Christ, in God. Come on, that'll make it. But you can't understand that with a, without having spiritual mind. I need a spiritual mind to understand that God is wanting to totally envelop me and speak all the secrets, and I break off every stinking spirit of sleepiness in this room right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, you guys never fall asleep. All of a sudden, I got... Break it. Holy Spirit is wanting to get your attention so that you go into this place. break off every slithering little thing that will come through to try and put you to bed. There you go. Isaiah 59. Ask of me. Ready? This is, this is double. This is like, this is heavy. Because there's a declaration. Ready? This is part of Isaiah 51 that I just spoke, right? Did I just speak Isaiah 51? I did. Isaiah 59. As for me, and I don't know what the verse, it's the last verse just came up. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. Listen, God wants a covenant with you. He has covenanted with you through Jesus Christ. But he wants to break bread. He wants to fellowship with you, right? And my spirit, he wants to, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words, what? That I put in your mouth. The declaration of his words. The place of his words being released on the earth, right? Shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. So you have that promise. That's three generations. Declaring the glory of God. We just, we just, we just dedicated a Gabriel, right? So we dedicate our children that they'd speak the mouth of the Lord to the next generation and to the next generation and to the next generation so that this, this is what happens, that we begin to landscape, that we begin to change the earth with the Holy Spirit and a plan from heaven. 
and it goes from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. What? Landscaping, building cities, whose builder and maker look like Jesus. The builder and maker is God. It's no one else. And so just looking, I'm going through all these words, right? Every time, friendly counsel, my words on your mouth, right? Job 29 and 4 says this, just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel, God wants to be your friend and give you amazing counsel. Friendly counsel. And what happens with that? When God's tent was over me, right? The friendship of heaven over me and the Almighty was yet with me, always with you, walking with you, moving with you, bringing, bringing him everywhere you go, right? When my children were all around, come on, generations being touched by the presence of God. And then it says this, that when my steps were bathed with cream and the rocks poured out rivers of oil. That means that Job has this, had this counsel with the Father. And that everything that he touched, right, everything all of a sudden got taken away, right? He said, if I, take, if, if, if I just take his stuff, he'll curse you. Talking about the courts of heaven. God's calling us to this place, to live in a place of deep communion. Deep, deep communion, right? Deep communion with him. Deep communion with him. I'm telling you, without counsel, we can't lay foundations. Without counsel, we can't lay foundations. Without counsel, we can't lay foundations. I'm telling you, without counsel, we can't lay foundations. It won't happen. Without the counsel of heaven, we can't lay it. Without it, we can't lay one thing. We think we have good ideas. I'm telling you, we think we have great ideas. We got gimmicks to get people in our churches. It's not about filling the building. <laughs> Come on. Without counsel, we can't lay foundations. Nothing will be built if we don't have the counsel of heaven. And I'm telling you, his hand is looking to come right into the church and just be the father and be the architect and change the landscape of what we know right now. And it may happen by the Spirit first, right? But we don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to us because I can't see it and I can't touch it and I can't feel it. Well, you know what? I'm believing this, that God's going to bring us into places, heavenly places. He gives you places. It's heavenly places. It's not just one place. He wants to bring you into places that bring you into knowledge, understanding, and wisdom from heaven. We can't do it Unless he lays the foundation. I don't mean to scream, but I got to. I have to. Foundations are established through counsel. Did I say it differently? Foundations are established through counsel, and it won't come any other way. Counsel. He does. He just, wants to, he just wants to just talk to you. Right? He just wants to talk to you. He does talk to you. But he wants to talk to everybody. 
He just wants to talk. And I'm telling you, when we get a blueprint from the heavenly places, you can't miss. It's a shoe. See, the problem is, though, we get a, we get a heavenly plan, and then everything looks reverse. All the symptoms of everything's going wrong. All of a sudden, it starts looking the opposite way. But that's not faith, because if Enoch walked by faith, he just walked right into the promises of God. He walked into all the things that God had in heaven. And I'm telling you, all the mysteries. Listen, he wants to give us mysteries. He wants to let us understand and, and solve problems. Come on, do you believe he wants you to solve problems in the earth? Come on, we, we want Einstein, God. We want divine Einstein. It's something that he wants to do. It's in the heart of the Father to release heavenly understanding to solve amazing things through heaven. He's got the, he knows. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I, I talk to people who tell me certain things. Well, God gave me that. There was a kid, I think, there was a testimony of a 28-year-old kid. He just gave him a, something on the internet business. Billionaire. 28 years old. Something that the Lord gave him in a dream. I think I need some counsel. Come on, we put it on earthly plane. It goes like, wow, yeah, I'll take that. Like, release that to me, Lord. But maybe he wants to do something else. Maybe he wants to shift something in the heavens. Maybe he wants to shift a city the way it looks. You know, yeah, anyway. Heavenly places. Seated. Where are you seated? It's interesting. I had, a, I had that. I, I've been studying this stuff, but then I had this picture in the back room. I had a, like almost an open vision that we were, we were children, and we were standing with heaven's view. We were on the glassy sea. We were looking down through. We were looking down through from heavenly places, and we were rejoicing, and we were dancing, and we were happy. Because it was great joy because we saw what? We saw everything through Jesus' perspective, through his eyes. And when you look through his eyes, everything looks completely different. Completely different. Foundations are established through counsel. Did I say that before? I'll say it again. Foundations are established through counsel. And this is what the Lord says, who'll come into my council? Who wants to come into my council? Who wants to come into the council of heaven? I know we say we do. And what is that? It's like a consultation. <laughs> like that? That is. It's the word. It's actually the word. That sod, S-O-D-E, is consultation. How would you like God as your consultant? The Father wants to be your consultant in all things, in every manner. All our life stuff. Come on, all, all the stuff we think is messing us up in our lives, God wants to be the counselor. He wants to give you good, pure, supernatural counsel. Psalm 25, 14 says this, the secret counsel. All these scriptures is that same word. The secret counsel is with those who what? Fear him. And he will show them his covenant. 
Listen, he's got an agreement in heaven, and it's written in his son's blood. That he wants to establish the heavens in your life and a heavenly pattern in your life so that when we walk in and out of his presence, that we understand that we gain understanding so that things change and move. Ready? Jeremiah 23, 18. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and who has perceived and heard his word and who's, who has marked his word and heard it? There's a difference. I can hear his word, but if I don't mark the word, if I don't take the word and say, that's the word for now, because we hear a lot of things and then we don't move and we don't, we don't do anything with it. And the Lord's calling us to this place. Do, right, simple obedience. Simple, right? Right, it was Maria last week. Talking about simple obedience. The simple little things that gets us to the big place. And we're looking for things to crash. Heaven come crashing in. And God will do that. But who has perceived and heard his word? I want to hear your word, Lord. I want to perceive your word, Lord. I want to see what you're doing in heaven, right? The Father, Jesus saw what the Father did, and he did exactly what the Father said, and he had miraculous results. So why would it be different for you and I? Do I talk about this every week? I think I do. At least that verse. Amos 3, 7. Surely God, the Lord God, does nothing until he reveals it to who? His servant, the prophets. I don't know, that's a promise, that he's not going to really release anything until he tells the prophetic people, until he tells the prophets, until he speaks the word, and, it's, and he says, now I'm going to do this thing. It's not, don't say afar off, right, like Ezekiel said. Don't say, in the coming days I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing right now. His servant, the prophets. And so what's transition look like? Which was the pill I wanted to eat? The red one? Okay. I'm just checking. Checking if you were paying attention. What does transition look like? It looks like death. What does transition look like? It looks like birth. Wait a second. Ask any lady, what does birth look like? Is it transition? Yes. Thank God for my wife. My children wouldn't be here. I would have just said, forget it. Not going. <laughs> birth and death. God wants you to bring you, he wants to kill the one thing, and he wants to birth the new thing. So transition requires us to hear the heavenly pattern so that we can get from one place to the next place. I can't get out of my stuff until I hear from him. And it's not about us getting a heavenly word from someone else. I'm telling you he wants to talk to you up close and personal. He wants to stop with the prophetic words and he wants to breathe on you. He wants the breath of heaven to just go right into you. And so how do we get beyond the veil? And this is, this is, the, this is where we get stuck. But let me tell you this, it doesn't go by our righteousness. 
because I'd be smoked. It doesn't go by anything I can do or you can do. You can't do it. Jesus already did it. He brought us through the veil. That's why he tore the, tore the veil from the top to the bottom to give us complete access, right, into heavenly places. What struggles is the gray matter between our head, our skull. Come on, between the ears. That's what we don't understand. And God wants to give us understanding so that we can walk in these places, so that we can make transition. And listen, you can go beyond the veil. I'm going beyond the veil. You going with me? I want to go. I'm believing to go. Just going to set my mind to do this and set my heart and posture with intention that God is going to bring me into places I haven't been before. Is this about being a mystical being? Yes. It's about being the mystic. It's about a mystical translation. It's about moving in and out of the spirit so that you know exactly. It's like, remember, it, what was it, Elijah or Elisha? That they said he, he goes into the king's bedroom and he knows. He listens to his, what he's talking about. Really? And then Jesus, how did he move through the crowd? He moved through the crowd. They were trying to kill him, stone him. How did he get through the crowd? They knew who he was. I don't know. We read this stuff and we think like he just appears on the other side. Like, what does that mean? Really, do you read your Bible? Because some of the things we read, we just read over and we I don't even think about, oh, Jesus went to the other side of the crowd and he was through. Okay. Yeah, you think they're going to let him through without pounding the tire out of him and throwing him off the cliff? I don't think so. It's a mob. <laughs> I'm just being real. Sorry. I said pounding the tire out of him, didn't I? Is that okay to say in church? Yeah. That's all right. Are you hearing me? I'm out there, aren't I? Yeah, I'm out there now. So where do you want to go? I started thinking about that. What if I lost sight of my body? What if I went from one place to another? What if I went through the wall? What, would I get nervous if I'm like halfway through the wall? I think I would. I'd be like, whoa. And I'm not, this is not comedy now. I'm not making comedy. But I'm thinking about these things because God wants to transition us. Never mind the wall. He wants to bring us into the real place. Right? We're talking about walking on water and all these other things. He's, listen, I just, get me into heaven. Get me into the next, get me past the door and through. And I'll tell you what I see after. Right? Because that's where he wants to bring us. And you think, wow, maybe you're a little, you know, you're getting a little extreme. Yes, I am. I'm extreme. Because I believe that there's places that, the, that if Jesus saw what my father saw, then I can see the same thing. I don't think, I, because, and he said, I can do greater things than these. So if I can do greater things than these, it means that I can see exactly what the Father's doing. As a matter of fact, I can go do what Elijah did. Right? Just take off in the chariot. Come on, who wants to go for a chariot ride? I do. Let's go. I know I'm getting out there and crazy with some things I'm saying, but listen, it's in the Bible. Do you believe it? Because we read, you know, it's like a Sunday school, funny, nice story. <laughs> Elijah goes into the sky on a chariot of fire. Like, really? 
by faith, Enoch was transported, right? Because what would happen is he would have a conversation with the father, and he, he wanted to know what Adam, where Adam lived, right? How he lived, and he walked with the father, so that's what he wanted to do. And he said, I want to be like my grandfather. I want to know the things of, the, of heaven like my grandfather did. And so he walked until what? He'd be no more. He didn't come back. Now I'm asking you, do, do you believe that? About three of you said yes. But do we actually believe that? I'll let it weigh. I believe that. I believe. I believe that the goodness of God was so strong that God hugged, hugged Moses and let his goodness go past him. Right? Face to face. That there was this place that he lived. It says that he went into the top of the mountain and he saw it was a sapphire floor. That was before Christ. That was before Jesus. That was before there was complete access. Obviously, they had complete access, and they pulled what Jesus already had back into their time and said, I have access. I can do these things. I can see a door, and what I believe the, the door, the, the fire that, that he saw was a doorway in right into heaven for him. It says that the, God called Moses out of the fire. It was a portal. I don't know. I'm just thinking about this now. And I'm going with it. But the reality is that there was probably a doorway. And he said, come here. Take off your shoes. Come on in. And so how much of the fire of God do we want? How much of the presence do we actually want? I'm telling you, God, there, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is, is looking, right? It says his eyes are looking all through the earth, all through the earth for a, for a people, for a generation that will go. <laughs> Into galaxies and places they haven't been before. Come on, even the heavens can't contain him. Even the heavens can't contain God. So where is, if I'm in him, if I'm hidden in Christ, in him, what's happening? So there's no, listen, there's no more good ideas. We can't miss a line. I don't want to miss a line, but something else. And family is the connection to the Father. And this is all about family because we, you know, we act like it's it's like a. Honestly, I feel like sometimes we're moving into this place where we're thinking, it's based on my performance before God. When really it's all about family. It's all about the family and the councils of heaven. You know, there's a great cloud of witnesses, and some of you know them. And God wants to bring you in to that place where they live. Not that we're going to go talk to the dead, knock it off. But the Holy Spirit wants to bring us into places where heaven is completely alive. I don't know about you, but listen, 
When I've had an encounter with heaven, everything is alive. There is just life and more life, and everything is moving. Even the things that he's connected to. You know, I had a, a, an encounter with a, with a spirit of wisdom and revelation that when he lifted up what was underneath him and what he was made out of and created out of it, it was all living light. So that's the, that's the things that he wants to bring us into. We can't afford to live outside of convergence, right? Converting, convergence with heaven and earth right, in this place, and we're transitioning from what? Blindness to complete clarity. That's what the transition is. From not seeing to seeing everything real clear. That's why when, I was in, when we were in the back room and we began to pray, and then I saw this, and I'm like, God, you're showing me the crystal sea. You're showing us all the things that you want to show us from a heavenly perspective so that we can walk in truth and redemptive language. You can't speak redemptively unless you can see. I can do it by faith. Yeah, you can. But I'm telling you, when you have an encounter with the Lord and you see the redemptive life inside of him and what he's about to bring to the table, then you'll speak redemption. Then the mouth will declare all the glory of God that you've seen. So we're moving from blindness to crystal clarity, ignorance to wisdom, and earthly mindedness to what? Heavenly mindedness, right? And so prayer is going to end as we know it. Sorry. I know we like our prayer meetings. But I think he's going to change us in how we move into prayer and out of prayer and how our life reflects exactly I'm telling you, I had such a, there was such a, something on my voice when I said something in the truck the other day. Because I said, hey, God, that's not being irreverent. I was like, hey, God, if we're going to do this, you need to do this. And within four hours, he did it. And that's my testimony for the week. Like, I'm like, really, that was real easy. And is it like that all, all the time? No. But I'm believing it's going to get closer and closer that when we begin to declare a thing, it shall be. That's what, that's what it says. That's what the word tells me, that when I declare something, it's established. Right? And I don't, it's already in motion. Like, you speak something and it, and it begins to happen. That's why some of you need to be careful what, you, be careful what you're speaking. Come on, all the negative stuff you speak it goes into the airwaves. I do it too. Come on, anyone else? Just don't make me feel like, you know, don't judge me. But God wants our language to be clear. And so I'm asking tonight, right? If we want this, let's just go for it, right? There'll be a release tonight if we just go after it. And you just, you're going by faith, but you're going with intention to be apprehensive, to apprehend that thing. Ready, stand.
what did I say? Foundations are established through? Ah, yeah, got it. So come on. Father, we just thank you. We thank you tonight for your friendly counsel, for this amazing counsel you want to release to our lives. Father, I'm asking right now that everyone in this place, see, it's all about desire. It's all about desire. God wants to release in your intention, and you're grabbing it. Come on, some people can grab stuff right out of, the, out of heaven. Some people can just grab it. But I believe this, that if we're just intentional and our heart's desire is to move into this place, that he will do it. He'll do it. So, Father, I just thank you. Lord, just rest on everyone in this place right now. Lord, we thank you for the counsel of heaven. We thank you for laying foundations tonight. Lord, you're going to do it right inside of us. You're going to help us to move into this place where we live in this apostolic movement and life begins to just be burst forth out of the things that you're intentional to do in our lives. Lord, every person in this place, Father, we've, we just declare over every personal shipwreck that, Father, you just bring redemption to it. We just make that de declaration right now that you just change and shift things. Lord, I pray for hearts in this room. What did, what, did, what did Ezekiel say? He said, I take your heart of stone and I give you a fleshly heart. And some of us need a, a switch of heart. Some of us need the stones and it might be hard and God wants to break it and put it into flesh and warmth and trust and ability to just believe God again. Father, we are just asking you give us belief and, and faith Lord, to walk as Enoch walked, to walk as those heroes of the faith walked. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit tonight. I ask that you just release the fire of your presence, that you open portholes over people's lives right now, that you're giving, you're giving access and moving us into places we've been believing for in the past, but things blocked us from that thing, and so you're opening those up right now. We, we speak that, we prophesy it, we declare it over every person in this place right now. We ask, Father, that you move us from one place, the transition, from dullness to clarity, crystal clear. Lord, I pray for eyes and ears tonight that we hear and we know and we move into this place of understanding the realms of heaven and knowing only through divine knowledge, through divine understanding, through the places that you've called us. And we love you, Lord, and I just ask that it be dropped on everyone's head, heart, and mind tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the for the courts of heaven that are opened up to us. Lord, you're asking us, you give us an invitation to walk in those places, to walk with those who walk in that place, to walk in heavenly encounters, to move into places and see in the Spirit. And we set our hearts towards those things. And God, I just pray right now that you remove the things that cause us. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, you remove things that keep us from getting into this place. Nothing that we have to strive for, nothing that we have to do or, 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 or continue to 
do and do and do, but Father, you just move us into this place where life is redeemed. We have a redemptive eyesight. We have this place that we know that you've opened a gate. Revelation 4 says this, a door is what? It's open. It's not closed. Actually, there's no door, there's no door on it. That it's wide open. And so we declare that right now, ability to step into those places. And Lord, anyone who's afraid of the mystical movement, of what might happen, Father, I pray that you bring those into encounters, Father, that wouldn't scare them, that wouldn't bring them ahead of anything. But Father, I'm asking that you open our eyes and ears. Lord, the sensitivity would go off the charts to heavenly things. Father, right now, in Jesus' name.